0: And good morning, and welcome to 1410 WIZM and the Plant Doctor Show. My name is Mike Meyer, and uh, for the next hour, we're going to be taking your calls and answering your questions about anything out there in the plant and gardening world. So, uh, if you got a, you know, a plant that's just not doing right, or uh, maybe you're thinking about getting outside and doing a little bit of trimming, uh, some of your trees or shrubs, or... If you don't have any snow on your lawn, is it uh, too late to do any uh, repairs? Go ahead and give me a call. number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. Now, uh, you know, personally, I like putting a lot of thought into my selections for gifts, which I give to people. And I want to give that, you know, special person something that I know that they're going to enjoy. And while uh, plants make wonderful gifts, and heck, this time, with the way prices and everything are this year, they do make really good gifts. Uh, But a little bit of forethought is needed, not only to ensure the survival of the plant, but, you know, making sure uh, that it makes its way to its right owner. So let's think about this for a second. You're heading out uh, to do your Christmas shopping, And you've got, you know, one of your 2.5 kids with you since you love your spouse so much that you didn't want to stick them dealing with all the uh, little urchins. I mean, lovable little children. Maybe slightly unmanageable, but nice kids. But it's 9 a.m. when you get to the first store. And it's about 15 degrees outside. And you run in holding a child's hood over their little head to keep them nice and warm. And you walk into the store and you put little Bobby into the cart. And you see he's blowing rings with uh, his breath inside the foyer way. And you make a mental note to chew out his uncle for teaching him how to do that. Uh, with, you know, smoking cigars. Well, then you step inside the door and right there at the doorway is a large selection of the most beautiful plants you've ever seen. Uh, Clanchelo, poinsettia, uh, Christmas cactuses. Um, they're just gorgeous. They're in full bloom. And your first thought is how much your Aunt Gracie would love one of these poinsettias. So you pick it up and put it in your cart. Okay, that's your first mistake. Never, ever buy a plant that's sitting within 15 feet, 15, 20 feet of the door. This area is plagued by not only cold drafts, But since it's the coldest spot in the entire store, they usually have heaters blasting down right over the top at full force. And, you know, that's just to keep the cashier's fingers from developing frostbite. So uh, this is not really the best climate for plants to be surviving in, Uh, especially one that you want to give as a gift and you want to live and flourish for a long time. So instead, go back to those plants that are on the inside of the store, you know, back in the rear or the side by their greenhouse. Okay, assuming that you've done this and you're walking through and uh, you select this wonderful specimen of Defenbachia. and Everybody knows Defenbachia. That's a uh, plant it looks kind of like a variegated elephant ear. Uh, you see them a lot in doctor's offices. And you stick it in your cart with the brat, I mean your child, and uh, you continue shopping. Now you're going through the socks se- sock section, looking at something meaningful for your brother. And uh, you notice that the child's eating the plant. Well, oh, don't worry. The child didn't ingest too much of it, so the neurotoxins that are in the Daphnia, yeah, yeah, they're only temporary, and your child should regain his voice back in a couple of days. The moral here is always be careful about what you're buying. Uh, if a person receiving a plant has some kids or pets, you might want to make certain that the plant is not poisonous in any way. There's a lot of them out there, and we're going to go over those later on in the uh, show, uh, at least some of them. So it proceeds to the checkout, and now your child's screaming, or at least he's trying to scream. There's a lot of mouth movement, but nothing's coming out since he's, you know, got laryngitis because he was chewing on the plant. Hey, maybe it's not such a bad thing. But uh, the kid's, you know, carrying on because you didn't buy them anything, just like a normal you know, kid does. So you, uh, tell a kid, as long as you're good, while well, taking you to McDonald's for lunch, which immediately calms down the child, since they don't realize that, you know, you're hungry too, and you're going to stop there anyway. But, of course, you tell a cashier... Uh, You know, upon reaching the cashier, uh, to put the plant inside of a bag and staple it shut to keep the frosty winds from damaging the tender leaves. So, now it's 12 noon. Temp has not gone up that much. And uh, you head back out to your car. Since there's at least 30 identical cars to yours in the parking lot. Now, that's the one thing. Back Growing up in the 60s and the 70s, everybody's car was different. Nowadays, everybody's car is the same. Uh, and there, you go out to a Walmart parking lot, and you just see, you know, cars that are identical as yours. And, of course, you didn't, you know, make a mental note on the way in to mark your, uh, you know, which uh, row your car was in. So you're walking around aimlessly, holding your keys up in the air, pressing on that button, hoping that your car is going to, you know, give you a beep in response. Finally, you find your car and you get your kid back into the car seat, get the packages into the back and get inside the vehicle and warm it up. You look in the mirror and you notice that little Bobby's whose eyelids have cute little icicles hanging from them since he forgot to cover his head with a hood. Oh, well. You snap a photo of him with your phone, wishing to save this hallmark moment, and it's off to Mickey D's you go. So you debate eating inside the car, but uh, you quickly remember how hard it was to scrape the cheeseburger off from the uh, back window the last time you did this. So you grab little Bobby and you run inside. And he's sitting there for about 45 minutes while uh, eating, you know, watching Bobby run and frolic with the other little children out in the playground. And then you get back into your car, get Bobby in, and you see your breath as it frosts up the windshield from the inside. It's actually gotten colder out, not warmer. But, well, it's okay, you tell yourself, because now you've got a long drive to your next stop. And the car warms up nicely. And you reach that next door, or you run on inside. Get about 30 feet inside the store and stop. You've got this little nagging question in the back of your head. You know that you forgot something. What the heck is it? Oh crap, it's Bobby. So you turn around, and run back out to your car, and you notice that Bobby fell asleep, so you're like, phew, uh, you take him out and he won't have any idea of what actually happened. He won't tell anybody. So you open the door and all the cold air coming into the car awakens him. Get him by the arm and say, Come on, let's go, and you drag him into the next door. And this goes on and on for the rest of the day. Hopefully not leaving Bobby out in the car at all. And you finally re- return home. You park your car in the garage. And decide to leave the gifts in the car until the rest of the kids go to bed so they don't see them. Then you get the kitties fed and into bed. And then go out and get the gifts. And wow, this plant seems pretty cold, you think. As some of the leaves shatter. And you brush it again you know, when you brush it against the back door. And uh, you get inside and put everything away. You even think of unwrapping the plant and giving it a nice drink of water before passing out from exhaustion. And then come the next Saturday morning, you're sitting, drinking your coffee, listening to Dan's deals, and waiting for the plant doctor show to start because your wonderful plant has turned this really weird shade of yellow and it looks kind of mushy. And you want to call in to find out if there's any way of bringing your plant, you know, well-meaning gift back to life. And you find out that there is no miracle cure. So instead of giving the plant to your Aunt Gracie, you decide to give it to your brother instead. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen so many people do this and it's really, really common. It's comical. Uh, except for the part of leaving Bobby out in the car that I haven't seen. And of course, I've never done that. But uh, yeah, so many people make uh, buy mistakes when purchasing plants this time of the year. It's cold outside, plants don't like cold. The first thing that you always got to do when getting a plant, and it, like I said, do not buy one from the front of the store. Uh, that is a high traffic area and they put impulse gifts there and they don't care whether they live or not. And if you're, you know, just walking in to buy a, um, centerpiece for a dinner that day, Hey, maybe that might be the way to go, but don't buy it as a gift for somebody. And, you know, when you go to the checkout, it, at least one bag have the, uh, cashier, hold open the bag, you set the plant down into the bag, and they staple the top shut. And, uh, you know, sometimes even putting a double, you know, double bag on it is a good idea. It's not going to protect the plant from being out in the cold for a long time, but it'll stop that instantaneous shock that you get when you're walking out through the uh, doors, going out into the parking lot. And it's always a good idea, too. If you're going to be buying plants, don't go alone and I'm not talking about little Bobby have somebody with you so they can go out start up the car warm it up and uh, you know pull it up to the front of the store and that way there you're minimizing the uh, you know exposure uh, that the plant will have and always always buy plants at your last stop never at the first thing in the morning if you see something that looks great, make a mental note and go back. But never buy one and keep it inside the car this time of the year. They're, it just, it's not going to work out well for you, I promise. The plants will, they're, they're very conservative in nature. They don't like going hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And, you know, they're going to take a beating. And the other thing that you've got to think about, too, is uh, on Christmas Day, when you're, uh, you know, given the gift as a plant. Uh, I know a lot of people like to go, you know, uh, house bouncing. We always used to do it, you know, going from one uh, aunt or uncle's house to the next. And everybody winds up at, uh, you know, one person's house for a big dinner. Well, you don't want to have the plant in the car. I mean, it's okay if it's the first stop, but you don't want it to be out in the car waiting. Uh, Actually, it's probably preferable if you're going to have people over, during the Christmas season for, you know, the uh, cocktail or something like that. Wait till they come to your house to give it to them. And that way there, you know, it's going to be going straight uh, back to their house. And that way there, you'll ensure a much, you know, uh, better uh, chance of survival for your plant. Okay, that's going to take us to our first break. And if you happen to have any questions about anything green or growing, or if you got, uh, you know, uh, want to chime in with a little uh, Christmas memory or something along those lines, feel free. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. And we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. And we are back. And uh, today, in between uh, phone calls, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, different types of uh, plants that might not be the best idea to get for a Christmas present for somebody. Uh, they might be great for another person, but, you know, as I mentioned before about the Duffenbachia, and a lot of people don't realize that that plant has a neurotoxin in uh, the sap. Uh, the Everybody thinks Duffenbachia is the uh, botanical name for it. It's actually dumb cane, like as in nova cane. And uh, there are a lot of plants out there. Pretty much, you can guarantee, if you go into a doctor's office or a dentist's office and they have real plants growing inside that office, I pretty much bet that they're poisonous, very honestly, because a lot of the plants that grow in low light areas and can take some abuse, unfortunately, wind up being that way. But we, go, we have a caller coming in, so we're going to go ahead and jump over to the phone lines. But if uh, you got a question, too, go ahead and give me a call. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. And uh, let's see here. Good morning. You're on the air. Who's this?
1: What's that?
0: You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this?
1: Oh, this is Lori. Um, I was wondering about... Irises, cutting them back. Is it's too late to
0: cut them down to the ground? No, no. You need to uh, allow them to grow until they start to uh, yellow out and droop. And once that happens, you can go ahead and cut them back. Uh, I would always cut them back because, unfortunately, sometimes if you don't, the rot will uh, start in a leaf and it will follow its way right down the stem into the bulb. But as long as you cut them back, uh, you know, you can stop that from happening. But technically speaking, uh, you don't even have to cut them back. Mother Nature will do it for you. But it's definitely oh. not too late. I would go ahead and I would still do it, though, to be honest with you.
2: Cut them down to the ground, right? Right yep. down to the ground.
0: Right down to ground level.
2: Okay. I read that somewhere. I never did that before.
0: Yeah. yeah uh, actually, my Maybe mo- I'll have
2: a better bloom this year.
0: Uh, uh, as long as uh you don't do any uh you know cutting, uh, you have to allow the leaves to uh, stay up until they start to die naturally. That's a trick. Okay. Okay.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Okay. Have a great day, Lori. You too. Bye bye. And yeah, uh, any bulbs are that way. Uh, they use up all their uh, strength. Uh, all the power and reserves that they have uh, in the bulb to push out the flowers so you need to allow them to recharge uh, and not just the irises tulips daffodils uh, crocus uh, uh, anything peonies even uh, which is not a bulb it's a, a rhizome but anything in that family or that type you have to allow to continue to grow after they get done blooming okay good morning you're on the plant doctor show who's this
1: Hi, this is Kathy.
0: Hi, Kathy, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing great, what can I do for you?
1: Uh, I have a question, do you remember ground cherries?
0: Say that, It was kind
1: of a little orange fruit that grew in a little like a paper bag.
0: Could you say that one more time? I didn't catch ground...
1: Ground cherry.
0: No, that I don't remember.
1: Oh dear, well when I was growing up my mom had them out in the yard. And I was wondering if there's any place we could buy that uh, plant or anything. But it was a little uh, orange fruit, and it grew in like a little, it looked like a little paper sack.
0: Oh, Chinese lanterns. Hmm. Okay. Okay, Uh, look up Chinese lanterns and uh, see if that's what you're uh, talking about. Look it up online. And uh, it's like kind of like a little paperish balloon, and you open it up and it has the uh, fruit on the inside of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Those are deadly poisonous. I hope you didn't. Oh, really? Eat. Yeah. You shouldn't be eating them.
1: We always ate them. Um, they grew in our yard at home, you know, years ago.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. we got to be talking about two different things then, because okay. Chinese lanterns are Yeah, this are was very, called very, a
1: ground cold. cherry.
0: I never heard of that.
1: Hmm. Okay, well, I'll have to look it up and see if there's another name. I'm sorry.
0: I'll I'll have to check it out, too. Ground cherries. Let's look that up later on. Yeah, uh, it
1: grew a little paper sack. It was kind of a light orange. It looked like looked the color of a cantaloupe.
0: Okay. No.
1: But it was a little fruit, and then you pick that out and, and eat it. And But okay. these weren't poison years ago.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'm sure it's a different plant that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, but it's very strange, though, because, I mean, you're describing the Chinese uh, lantern plant dead on. The, the, hmm. It's a little paper sack, uh, very fine. It's like a flower that hasn't opened up, and the, it's oh, uh, facing down. No, there was
1: a little fruit inside of yeah. these.
0: Yeah, and you open up the uh, petals and the fruits on the inside.
1: Oh, there weren't any petals. When you open up the paper sack, that was the fruit. Oh, okay. So there wasn't any petals inside of these.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I'll ch- try to check it out and see if I can find something out about it. Okay, Kathy? Okay, thank you. Okay, you have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. That's going to take us to our news break, and we will be right back in just a minute. And we're back at the Plant Doctor Show, and uh, I'm ready to take your calls. If you've got a question about anything that's green or growing, uh, please go ahead and give me a holler. number down here at Wisdom is 608. 608- 785-7914. And that is the uh, talk and text line, WYZM talk and text line, too. So if you got a question, maybe you're a little bit shy and want to go ahead and text it, and you can do that. And again, that number is 608-785-7914. And let's see here. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Uh, this is Dean, Mike. Hey, Dean. What can I do for you today?
3: Uh, I have a Russian sage. Is it... Uh... I think I've read where you should do, wait till like, in January to trim those back.
0: Or... Mm-hmm. You want to wait until the sap uh, stops flowing inside the plant. Uh, they say January goes more by temperature than anything else, to be honest okay. with you. And with the temps that I just saw in the uh, f- upcoming forecast, I mean, we're looking at uh, mid to upper 40s next week. And it's so, pretty warm. Yeah, I wouldn't do it yet. I'd wait. No, no, I'll, right. wait. Uh, I'll wait. But once we get a little colder. And, yeah, once we get hit colder and start staying cold, go for it. Okay. And then
3: just trim it down. I usually go down to about 8 inch or something. Or,
0: that's okay. Um, or, or I don't know. Uh, but, you bring it down to about uh, 12, 8 inches, you know, wherever, it's starts inch branching, wherever it starts branching off at. Okay? Yeah.
3: Okay, and then uh, raspberry bushes. Mm-hmm. I my, my wife said, oh, she wants to leave those long stems. I said, that's not right. You've uh, got to cut them back.
0: You, there's two schools of thought, and both of you are right. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, you can leave them if you want. But what I would do if you are going to leave them is tie them together in groups. Uh, Get some of your wife's uh, an old pair of stockings and cut it into strips. Okay. And use that nylon uh, to tie it so you've got them bunched together so they're not whipping around in the uh, wind all winter long. Okay. But before you do that, what you need to do is spray them with an anti-desiccant spray. Uh, Oh. That will help uh, seal the plant and keep any freezer burn from happening. Oh, anti, what is it? Anti desiccant. Uh, wiltproof. W I L T P R U F is uh, um, one of the major brands of it. But oh. you just uh, spray it on plants and it keeps freezer burn from happening. It would be oh. safe on the, uh, raspberries, blackberries, no problem with them. Uh, the only okay. thing that you really have to be careful with uh, spraying uh, this type of uh, spray on is some mm. of your blue colored evergreens. Because uh, the stuff will sometimes eat away at the blue color in your left with a green-colored evergreen. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Mike.
0: Oh, you're quite welcome, and thanks for the call. You bet. Have I a good day. Bye bye. And yeah, uh, there's two schools of thought. Uh, personally, the way I used to deal with uh, raspberry and blackberry plants, <laughs> I use my lawnmower right down to the ground every year. And to me, that was just that much less work, but I do know a lot of people like leaving them up and you can, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but it just requires a little bit more work at your end. Okay. We got another caller and two open lines at 608-785-7914. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Good morning. This is Tom. Hey, Tom. How's it going?
2: Well, Merry Christmas and everything.
0: Same to you. Thank you very um, much.
2: Thank you. I don't know if this is the right uh, show for this question, but I'll find out here pretty quick, I imagine. <laughs> I have a bunch of hickory nut meats okay. that I just picked up, I mean, that I just got from a friend of mine. Um, what is the best way to store that? Do you know? Should you freeze them or refrigerate them? Or,
0: wow. Uh, I don't know. Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you how I would do it if I was saving them for seeds, okay? Uh, oh. And I can't imagine that it would be much different than storing them for, you're talking about eating them down the line or? Yeah. Okay.
2: The, and these are just the meats, the yeah. the halves, you know?
0: Okay, so you, it's the outer husk is out then. Uh,
2: yeah, just to the part where you pop them in your mouth or in a cookie mix or something.
0: Okay. Oh God, I haven't had those in years. Uh, <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, they are. Uh, I used to walk through the woods hunting and, uh, you know, grab them, break, stick a whole bunch of them in my pocket and sit there and break them and pick at them during, uh, you know, sitting up in your stand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How would I store them? Uh, What I would do is keep them in a cool, dark area and put them in it like a paper bag, not a Ziploc. because And this is is going back to uh, how you store seeds. There's an awful lot of moisture and oils inside that meat. And uh, if you keep it inside of a sealed bag, it will more than likely start to rot on you. But if you keep it inside of a paper bag in a cool, dark area, You know, it'll allow it to breathe, and it's a lot less likely to have rut starting on it.
2: Okay? Okay. Thank Uh, you very much. I really appreciate it. No problem,
0: That's I haven't had an original question in a long, long time. Uh, That (laughs) definitely is one. But thanks a lot for calling, Tom. All right. Thank you, Mike. You take care. Uh, Yeah, uh, I remember my dad showed me that trick, uh, and there was a uh, hickory tree. Uh, most of the trees out in our uh, woods were you know, uh, brown birch, oak, uh, you know, the, the bigger hardwoods. But there weren't many nut trees other than the acorns, of course. And But there was this one hickory tree that we would pass underneath on our way out to our stands. And my father showed me the trick. you know, Fill up your pockets with these things, and you sit there and you eat them while you're out in the stand. It was great, and I loved eating hickory nuts. But, okay, it's enough with the reminiscing there. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, if you got a question about anything greener or growing or maybe a Christmas memory or something along those lines uh, dealing with plants, go ahead and give me a call. Number down here at Wisdom is 608 785 7914. And that is a talk and text line, so you can shoot me a text on that as well. Now we're talking about uh, Defenbachia. And I do want to uh, when I say it's got the neurotoxin to it and it causes numbness. I don't want anybody to think that you can use this plant like an aloe and take some of the sap and say rub it on a uh, cut to make it, uh, the pain go away. It doesn't work like that. This is not just straight numbing. It is a true neurotoxin and getting this stuff mixed into your bloodstream. I don't think would be that great of an idea. Uh, so don't use this for that type of an aspect of it. And I know when we're kids and this stuff is potent too, very honestly. Uh, I'm not even going to go into the practical jokes and stuff that we used to do with it when we're kids and dumb and didn't know how close. Actually, we probably came really close to killing people with uh, this plant. Uh, because the chances of getting too much of the sap into your system is very, very high. I mean, if you get some on your hands, simply wash it off, no sweat, but you don't want to allow it to soak in, and you definitely don't want to ingest it, okay? Okay, enough about the Duffenbachia. Let's go on to our next caller here. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Hello? You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Hello. Yes.
3: Hello, Mike.
0: Yes, you're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this?
3: Oh, this is Larry.
0: Hey, Larry, what can uh, I do for you?
3: Hey, uh, the lady that called in about the ground cherries? Uh-huh. Yeah, we we used to have them down on my grandma's farm, down uh, just into Crawford County. And, and we had a whole hillside of them. Mm-hmm. And and we, as kids, we'd go down there and we'd pick them, and Grandma would make a ground cherry uh, pie, or she'd make jam out of them. No and they were wonderful. And and they would they would become the, the first they were green with, with that uh, kind of a, you know a, a covering on them, mm-hmm. and then the covering as they got ripe, they turned brown and then you could see in into the inside and when those little berries and they were about the size of cherries when they got to be yellow and that then grandma would say go down and pick a bunch of those and i'll make some jam or i'll make up a pie and they were wonderful and i mean but that that's 70 years ago (laughs) and but but i'll tell you they're there, and they were wonderful little things to eat. And for kids, we loved to pick them, and we loved to peel them. And, and and we'd give them to Grandma, and she'd go ahead, and she'd make up a pie or make up that's jam. Awesome. And they were delightful.
0: Oh, That's awesome. Uh, I'm definitely intrigued about this plant. That's one that I've never heard of, and I'm d- definitely going to check into it, though.
3: Yeah. Oh, it it was. Yeah, we we had a whole hillside just behind the house, uh, facing to the east, and uh, I I would say it was about thirty feet down to the and and it was it was uh, like like ten feet up to the house, but it 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 you know went down at an angle so that there was about thirty feet by oh I had to say, right. Uh, maybe maybe a hundred feet behind, uh, all, all the way behind the house, and it was just covered with them. And no, they're were delightful. Prickers? And yes, she's right. Um, and you now I hope you you find something out. But yeah, they're ground cherries, is what they called them, and they were delightful. Thank you,
0: Larry. Hang on for one second. Do you remember there being prickers on those plants?
3: Do I remember what
0: prickers? Thorns. <laughs>
3: No, uh-uh. no, okay. no, nothing like that at all. Okay. No, you you could you could go and set in them, and uh, but you didn't want to eat the green ones. You had to you let them till they got ripe when they when it turned brown, and then you could see right in, and you could see that the yellow okay. uh, cherry was in there, and they were about the size of a thumbnail, and they were they were nice sized berries. Okay. And. And they're wonderful, yeah. And so she's absolutely right. And, but but I'm we were down in, in uh, just into Crawford County, and uh, yeah, on the farm down there, and uh, it, it for some reason, but we had a whole hillside of them, and uh, they they were delightful. And okay. uh, but thanks for bringing it up; it brought me back memories because I'm I'm 81 now, and uh, I remember when I was a kid. So thank you so much.
0: You're quite welcome, Larry, and you have a great day.
3: You also. Take yep. care.
0: Bye. Okay. That's, I'm definitely going to have to look up that plant now. Okay. Uh, we got enough time to take another call here. and We still have two open lines. 608-785-7914 is the number. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this?
2: DB Brother. Hey, how's, it, how's going? it going?
0: How's it going?
2: Oh, just got home last night and settled in
0: here. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. Oh, how's your foot? How's your foot doing?
2: uh, It's pretty good. They got it on a vacuum pump. It's going to be four to
0: six weeks, probably. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Oh, you you got a question?
2: I got a question. Um, So we brought our uh, hibiscus in from outdoors. It was sitting on the porch for the summer. Mm -hmm. And it's really getting long and gangly, like... probably four and a half foot tall with a whole bunch of different, different branches. And some of them are blooming good and some of them are starting to get offshoots. How do we keep this thing in check for the winter?
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, hibiscus and, uh, you know, they're nuts. My, uh, mother-in-law, uh, Claire had, uh, one of these, we got it for a few years back and that thing just bloomed all winter long. It was amazing. And I mean, just as much as it does during the summer and plants aren't supposed to do that. (laughs) They're supposed to go into a rest period, but for some reason we must be right in the sweet spot in this area for, you know, uh, the amount of light and such and temperatures. If you get it just right inside your house, these plants will grow all winter long and continue to bloom. Uh, if it is blooming and growing well, and you've got a brightly lit area for it, I would go ahead and fertilize it. Oh, lightly about once a month, uh, because the blooms are going to take a lot of strength out of the plant. Now, as far as, uh, picking back any, uh, wild branches and stuff like that, if it looks wrong, prune it back. And that's really about the best way to, uh, put it. Uh, you can let it bush out if you want to. (coughs) Excuse me. It's not going to hurt it.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, because we'll have to... uh, It does, it's got some... Maybe every three, four days, we'll get two just big, beautiful blooms out of it.
0: Oh, that's great. It's it's happy. Yeah, and uh, if it... Usually it shouldn't be pushing up um, new growth uh, at the same time that it's uh, pushing out uh, a lot of blooms, too, because most of the strength goes to the uh, blooming itself. But, I mean, if you do want to keep it uh, where it's at, uh, just any new growth that starts popping out, uh, you know, aside from blooms, of course, go ahead and pick it back. It's not going to hurt it at all. Okie doke. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much, sir. Okay, Jeff. uh, Let's talk later on uh, this evening. Sounds good. Okay, I'll talk to you then. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And, uh, okay, uh, we will be right back in just a minute. we got to take care of a little bit of business, a little bit of weather. Uh, yeah, and we'll be back here in just a minute. Go ahead and give me a call. Shoot me a text. The number down here at WISM is 608-785-7914. Okay, we've got uh, seven minutes left to the show, so please go ahead and give me a call. Shoot me a text. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this?
4: Hi, this is Lynn.
0: Hi, Lynn. How are you?
4: Good. Um, you know, Kathy called about the ground cherries. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I have some that grow in my backyard, and I just went out and um, I I uh, broke off a little branch because I still have some that are actually still on this branch. Ah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I always, uh, I, they grow pretty wild, but I leave some uh, for the birds because the birds like them. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I yeah. bet they do. Okay. Yeah, it seems like everybody knows about this plant but me. Uh oh. it's probably because I didn't grow up out here and they weren't uh native uh, to the area where I did live. So, that's probably got yeah. something to do with it. You know,
4: you I think you've been to my house. Oh. Yeah, but you probably didn't notice that I had ground cherries.
0: <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think you've been here.
0: Uh, uh what area is your house, Kathy?
4: I'm uh, this is Lynn. Oh, Lynn, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm Kitty Corner from Train Park on 16th Street.
0: That it rings the bell. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, I think I was there, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you were. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and uh, you have a great day, then.
4: Okay, you, too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Oh, yeah, I've been to a lot of houses out in that area. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I do think I remember hers, but let's see. We've got about five minutes left to the show. If you got a question about anything that's green or growing, please feel free. To go ahead and give me a call. The number down here at wisdom is 608-785-7914. And let's see, we're getting to the end of the show. So I'm going to try to give you, uh, uh, the cliff note version. Okay different plants and stuff that you have in doctor's offices and that very common plants that you don't want to give as a gift to anybody that's got a kid or a pet English Ivy don't, uh, the sap from English Ivy can cause a skin irritation and a burning in the throat. If you eat the leaves or berries you can get a fever a rash or maybe even a lot worse. Uh, now there is, another group of plants. And I do have to mention this, uh, including one that gets a bad rap this time of the year. Uh, it's any plant that's in the, uh, that has latex in the sap, uh, rubber plants, ficus trees are the main ones. But the main one that gets the most attention this time of the year is the poinsettia. And None of the, they're not poisonous, but they do have a high latex content in the sap. So if you do have an allergy to latex, it could, you know, uh, give you a rash, the same as poison ivy would. So uh, you don't want to get the uh, sap on you. Uh, rubber plants are a lot easier to handle than a or a ficus tree too, but poinsettias. Uh, the leaves are very fragile and tender and frail and they will break very easily. And uh, you know, that nice white sap will come out and you get it on your skin. And uh, if you have latex allergy, you can, you know, definitely be uh, out of luck. Now there is another plant too, uh, that is very poisonous mistletoe. Most people do not realize this. And uh, mistletoe is a, parasitic evergreen that uh, lives in the area now there's two varieties one of them is extremely poisonous and the other one not so much Uh, the one the European variety uh, is very very poisonous the American variety it's still poisonous but it's not going to kill you but you'd have to eat a lot of it for it to really hurt you And I guess if you ate enough of it, it might kill you. But uh, both plants will uh, give you central nervous system damage, delirium, kidney damage, liver damage. It will slow down your heart rate and ultimately, uh, you know, can wind up killing you. So uh, you need to stay away from mistletoe if you have little kids around. Now, the biggest threat to mistletoe has always been the berries. And uh, a lot of kids will you know, ingest the berries. And that's why a lot of times now with mistletoe, they won't even have the berries on the plant. Uh, it's just the leaves. But better yet, just get some fake mistletoe. That'll do pretty good too. Okay, we're getting down to the end of the show. If you've got a question about anything that's green or growing, go ahead and uh, shoot it to me at the uh, Plant Doctor of Lacrosse on Facebook. And you can go ahead and join me there. And... Uh, ask me questions at any point in time and i check it quite often and uh you know i'll give you the answers uh you know right in the middle of the week that's uh, going to take care of the show uh, we will be back here next week at 1410 wyzm and until then remember anybody can have a green thumb all you need is a can of paint